Hello, new listeners. Welcome to the miscellaneous feed for My Sister Made Me View It. My name is Megan. I'm one of your two hosts. I do this podcast with my, you guessed it, sister, Emily. And first up on our miscellaneous feed docket is 10 weeks covering the 10 episodes of Our Flag Means Death. We ended up recording these before the announcement of the season two renewal, but I will let you know off the top, we are both very excited. Spoilers, Emily loved the show. So when season two rolls around next year, we'll be covering that on this feed as well. But until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy Emily's very first foray into Our Flag Means Death. Take it away, theme song. Hi, everyone. Hello. I mean, <clears throat> ahoy there, mateys. <laughs> Welcome to the pre-cord for our coverage of Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. My name is Megan. I've seen all of the episodes many times. My name is Emily, and the only thing I know about this show is what I've learned from memes. And me posting without a care for spoilers. <laughs> so... Emily hasn't watched the pilot yet. We were going to do a quick record where I ask her some questions about what she's seen online, what she knows about the series. It should only take us a couple of minutes. Then we're going to pause our record, watch the episode, and come back and talk it through. So for those of you who are new to My Sister Made Me View It, we are a collection of podcasts with Emily and I where we are forcing our sister to watch and or read something that they've been refusing to for years and years and years. So we have two... Or in this case, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this show and I'm glad this is my first miscellaneous pick. So we have two long-running podcasts, Megan's Choice and Emily's Choice. On Megan's Choice, we're currently covering Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere books, on Emily's Choice, we're currently covering the 1999 Roswell Television Edition, but we thought we would start this third feed, which is My Sister Made Me View It Miscellaneous, to tackle smaller projects like standalone books or 10-episode television seasons or uh, I may sneak a manga series in here and there. Short, uh, Megan. The operative word being Short. I know, I know. Uh, I am probably going to make you do the Full Metal Alchemist manga, which will be pushing it with 25 volumes, but I can do we'll it. See. Yeah, you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> but we are starting off with Our Flag Means Death. Emily, tell me about this show. He did ballet. He was a punk. What more can I say? <laughs> amazing, amazing. I know. And that there's a cake involved somehow. Okay. And that someone has decided they might not be super cute, but they're going to act like they are anyway. Okay. So you basically know everything important. <laughs> there we go. I don't even have to watch the show. That's literally all I know. I've seen, I actually got off Twitter the last week or so just because I, I knew we wanted to do this and you're posting such beautiful artwork that I, I made three sketches you made so many more than that that's true what i know is taika waititi yes okay great he has is directing it and he is stars in it as well i know that for sure 
Do you know what his character is called? He's a pirate. Drink up me hearties, yo-ho. Okay. Uh, okay. I I want to guess Blackbeard. Is he Blackbeard? Is he? I don't know. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> is he? <laughs> Hands so, down. I don't know anyone's okay. name. I don't know anything. Anything just that it is a it is a romantic story and I really hope it ends well. Megan Camille, if this doesn't end well, I will be upset. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't have room in my heart for sadness. Well, you should know that the hashtag renew our flag means death has been top trending on Twitter for three weeks. So we're all pretty sure HBO is going to renew it. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I know about it. It's on HBO right, Max. Great. That's what I know. It's on HBO Max. Uh, we're going to watch the episode. We're going to talk about it. A quick aside before we get into it. Our podcast is rated all ages. So we try and keep our language clean and our topics of discussion not too, you know, dark. But this is a mature rated show. I'm going to give just some content warning coming up for the show for those of you who haven't seen it. It does have... Is there going to be spoilers? Uh, Don't give me spoilers. No. No, okay. I, won't, I won't give you. I won't give you spoilers. I'll try to keep it vague. It's it's pirates in the 1700s. It's a comedy. They do have fun with the violence. There will be blood. There will be, let's see, a uh, minor amputation. Ah, <gasps> uh, a couple. No, oh, nothing too big. Dang. You know, just bits. Oh, you better tell me what it is. I'll be mad if you don't. I will. I will. There are. <laughs> A couple naked butts, and there is one drawing of a penis. Which they're not going to be able to see because this is a podcast. So this is more for you, Emily. Oh, I didn't okay. want it to be sprung on you unawares. <laughs> if you're just new to our podcast because you love the show, you're in great hands. I also love the show. <laughs> and I am pretty sure Emily will also enjoy it. So we are going to come sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. And we're going to go watch the first episode. Back in a flash. Bye. Never break the chain. We're back. We watched the episode. Evelyn, can I get your general first impressions? I love it. I love it so much. Oh. I am so I didn't glad. think I was going to be touched in the heart by pirates. <laughs> and that was just the first episode. That was just the first episode. I love it so much. So in it. this, uh, we're going to be covering season one, episode one, Pilot. It was written by David Jenkins, who created the show. This episode was directed by Taika Waititi. And to answer your question, the star of the show, his name is Reese Darby, uh, who plays Steed Bonnet, and when he came on screen, you guys, it took Emily less than half a second, and then she shouted, he's from Age of Voltron, and I had to say, you're half right, <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't realize he is from... But he does play Koran in Voltron. Voltron! Yes. Which, did you know? So I wasn't on Voltron, but I did get to do a storyboard test for them. Mm-hmm. I did not, I did not, I wasn't up to snuff, but I tried my very hardest. It was very exciting. <laughs> 
is adorable. I will give you my overall reaction really quick. Okay. I would die for Steed Bonnet. I would literally die for him. Not the only one. I love him. I love his his genuineness and his good heart. And he's, oh, they're his kids and he's taking care of them. I don't know if I can get through this. He's their pirate dad. He's their pirate dad. Yes, so I'm a a sucker for found family. Or hired family. Or a hired family. (laughs) He pays because he pays them all a salary. Okay, so uh, there were some questions that you asked me that I was like, I'm not going to give you any trivia until we cover it. First one is the boat. The boat. Yes. So it is a built set. Um, but they're on an LED volume that, like, has been used in The Mandalorian and stuff. That's so cool! So there isn't real water below. However, there is a set of airbags beneath the ship that are pumped up and down to give it an authentic rocking motion. That is very cool. So, yeah, they're sailing on projected skies and stuff. There is a behind-the-scenes video. It's, it's, much, it's in a much later episode where someone dives off the edge of a rowboat. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the show, they dive into the water, but in the behind the scenes, it's just them diving off the boat and like landing on the, the stunt pads. And it's very (laughs) funny. So when we get to it, I'll, I'll find that. That is great. Some interesting trivia. The younger version of Steed Bonnet is played by the actor's real life son. Lily Livid Little Rich Boy. (laughs) And... This show is a historical fiction, so a lot of these characters have basis in history. Steed Bonnet in 1770, sorry, 1717, was 29 years old. He did actually abandon his family to be a pirate captain, and the thing about paying his crew a salary is true. Oh, no, I love that. Yeah. Um... So what's very funny is like all of the na- like a lot of the names are real people, uh, but the ages it does listen it does not matter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's some other really funny ones later in the season uh, things. And so this uh, series was uh, written and created by David Jenkins, and he pitches it as a historical pirate rom-com i'm in a lot of com in this first episode i didn't see a lot of rom yet though (laughs) we'll have to keep an eye out for that the production on this show started uh between june and september of last year Mm -hmm. and taika directed this pilot episode right after he uh wrapped filming on thor love and thunder the teaser trailer for which came out today yes i did see it i watched it at lunch it was great yeah I'm in this 100%. I I mean, you, Megan, when you suggest that I watch things, I understand uh-huh. they're usually of a higher caliber and they're very good and you're not just like, <laughs> let's watch taste. this random thing. But like, I was not expecting it to be so heartfelt. I was very surprised. Like, I'm feeling very touched right now. Like... Well, right, because you think pirates and you think swash, swash, buckle, buckle. Basically, you think what the crew is expecting as well. Yes, And they're like, why is this weird fancy man trying to take care of us? Yeah. We're (laughs) grown-ups. 
And listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Do it. He is listing out a ton of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Coping mechanisms that I'm learning from uh-huh. my own therapist. <laughs> You told me you just listened to a podcast about trauma and creativity. I did. Uh, it was by Brene Brown, and she has a podcast called Unlocked. And I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but let me just tell you what the title of this this episode was really fast. While she's doing that, I would like to fill you, our audience, in on a fun reaction from Emily. She was convinced that the character of Jim was Taika in disguise. I was convinced. And I was just, because I know he doesn't come in for a few episodes. I forgot to say that is yeah. one thing that I know. So, oh, it's uh, Brene with Emily and Amelia Nagoski on burnout and how to complete the stress cycle. And it just, it, it talked about like, when you're in a stressful situation, even if you get pulled out of it, you have to go through your emotions. There's a beginning, a middle and end to all your emotions. And one way to go through that is to have like movement, like move your body or like contact with another person, like a real hug or actually a creative project. And so at one point in the episode, he gives the pirates a creative project because because they need something to do. And I don't know, I'm just all set to love this and to be touched by so it glad. So. to jump in real fast uh we find out the character of jim is in disguise with a false beard and a false nose because here's um, the reason that i thought it was going to be a disguise is because they very deliberately the character is always looking away from the camera or got the hat tilted down or even like mm-hmm. when the camera is straight at them their head goes down and so does the brim of the hat and they're never are quite looking at the camera so that's why I thought it was Taika's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so. So the actor for Jim, Vico Ortiz, is non-binary and uses they, them pronouns. And I am I gave Emily a bit of slight spoilers at the beginning that eventually the character of Jim will also use they, them pronouns. And we're just going to use those throughout to be respectful from the start. But did you know I saw them at the Ren Fair this weekend? <laughs> you did? Did you go Roach up to them? And, so, no. Oh. No. But the, the actors for Roach and Jim, so Roach was the, the guy who sewed up his shoulder, mm-hmm. they were there at Pirate Weekend at the Red Fair. And ah! I was like, <gasps> So, there you go. That's very cool. <laughs> We've brushed air bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's let's jump into the beginning we we start with the character of frenchie walking around playing a pirate song i love that pirates like short but nice and then we have black pete is discontent with the state of the ship (laughs) because apparently black pete claims he used to work for blackbeard and here is my okay did I not guess Blackbeard? Did I not guess? You did. You did. You guessed it. That is the now only I have pirate's you, name I know. <laughs> did you guess it because you've seen the art of him with the beard? No, but I okay. that makes sense, you know. So um, so what? Oh, yeah. I'm guessing either two things are going to come up. Actually, my brain's going in a bunch of different directions, but Blackbeard's going to show up and either he's going to be called out as 
you were only literally there a day or <laughs> I've never seen this man before in my life. But I nice. love Steve nice. Bonnet because he is so fussy, but not yes. in a fussy way. He just likes things just so. Listen, I'm going to be completely honest. He reminds me a lot of me. I'm not quite as fastidious <laughs> as him, but I like my things the way that they are. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's What's... in like perfect silks and brocades and lace. And these other guys are just in like rags and missing teeth and are so confused by this man. They are so confused by him. Yeah. And he's just so eager and just, yeah. Um, so that he's very fastidious about his own appearance, but he doesn't judge other people based on yeah. theirs. And I think that's what makes him endearing. Because when we meet the English later, a bunch of judgmental hoity toys. <laughs> We're going to keep this language acceptable for all ages, <laughs> so help me. <laughs> Listen, I'll beep whatever needs to be beeped. Well, I'm editing this one, so the beeping is oh, up to me. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Megan, you're amazing. So I went to Ren Fair with my friend Heidi. Uh, unfortunately, Heidi went on the day that the cast members were not there. Uh, Heidi is the friend that I watched it on uh, with her on her HBO account first. And then I got HBO Max so I could watch it again. <laughs> but amazing, there's a there's a stand of clothes at the SoCal Pirate Fair. Uh, sorry, the SoCal Ren Fair that sells pirate clothing, and they had this teal coat. They did, and she bought it. <laughs> so she owns it. There's a particular pink robe that shows up later in the season that. I have purchased from online and I'm going to own and have <laughs> later, which is nice. But Emily, this this first outfit of Steed's, this teal to-do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. The, the teal to-do. Yeah. He has a little black scarf on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to keep an eye out for that black scarf over the rest of the season. Okay, no reason. cool. Uh, a ribbon but, watch. Black ribbon yeah, watch. Yeah, a ribbon watch. <laughs> what a great character introduction it really is he just wants everyone to be themselves and to be their best self and like at one Mm -hmm. point when he's talking to everyone and there's dissent in the ranks you can tell that like his feelings are hurt because he's really trying his best to be a good captain and instead Mm -hmm. of belittling the the crew member that had done this he's just like maybe Mm -hmm. you could phrase it as a request or a suggestion if you could change something on this ship what would you change i just oh love it love it love it love it do you have any standout favorites amongst the rabble crew the crew of the revenge so far is frenchie the one that sings yes yes i love him i love because they're witches they've got (laughs) knives in their feet (laughs) everyone knows cats are very evil because they steal children's breath (laughs) I love Frenchie. He's just very honest, you know. Um, ball it up. No, Frenchie! That's the worst thing you could do! <laughs> we John says, talk about it. <laughs> That's right. Remember the rhyme? We talk it through. Okay, y'all, 
Emily piped in and finished the rhyme in the pause when Steed was waiting for everyone else. <laughs> we talk it through as a, and she goes, crew, crew. <laughs> I will be honest at first, because I wasn't sure what the tone of this show is going to be. So right mm-hmm. off the bat, he's talking about like, we talk about our feelings and we don't bottle them up. We're going to do this. I'm like, are they making fun of mental health? Like I was really worried for a hot second that that, and all of yeah. a sudden I'm just like, we're talking about it we're gonna get a little bit into it later as we as we get further on in the episode but i really like taika as a director the way he places his camera Mm -hmm. there's there's just some very deliberate unusual shots particularly like the way that the back of nigel badminton's head is highlighted throughout like it's very rare to look at a character straight on from behind like that Mm -hmm. And I think the oddity of that shot really puts you in Bonnet's headspace (laughs) as he's contemplating on using the stun move. (laughs) I like, and again, I I didn't go to art school, so uh, I noticed that they did lens flares, but natural Mm -hmm. lens flares. So like at one point, there's a rainbow on the screen. And, you know, when, when it's in the sun, like the sunlight you know, shines through. Anyway, I just, I just thought that, yeah. was, that was cool. Yeah. Lens flare. That's exactly what it is. I forgot to tell you the title card. So there's an actual waving flag that says our flag means death. Yes. Of the 10 episodes, nine of the title cards are practically made. They are actually physically created things that they filmed in order to get their title card. Nice. And the only one that's not actually made is an episode where it's written on the moon and they're like obviously we did not have the budget to carve on the actual moon can you imagine though yeah but the the art department is outstanding i love the design of their ship mm-hmm. it plays several other ships because you know they just built the one but they just do it by hiding were you gonna say you like the color green i was gonna say that look look at us look at us being sisters Synergy. Sister Synergy. Oh, today, you guys, Megan's so, I'm going to say creepy, but I mean it in a really loving way. Uh, I had tried to send her something in an email, another one of our podcast episodes, so she could listen to it. And she texted earlier that morning, and I'd missed it before I went to work, that it wasn't working and she needed, she wanted me to send resend it to her. So I get to work, I'm doing some other things, and remember, oh, I need to send that to her. I'm sitting down, and I've opened my Gmail account to resend it, and I get a text saying, hey, can you send this to me? We're just connected. Because we're connected. So. Connected. But yeah, I like that the ship is green. I don't... I. I don't know if that's the captain's color, quote unquote. I feel like he would have been very deliberate in choosing a green ship over anything else and i just i love it already i'm in love oh with yeah the ship. how do you how do you think he got this ship well it said he's rich so mm-hmm. i'm assuming that he went whole hog and literally just bought a boat like okay listen i'm also gonna say this very lovingly i feel like he pulled a U, and he's hyper fixated on a new hobby hey <laughs> yeah. listen Everyone, I spent a full week's paycheck on Renfair clothes this year. 
It was actually embarrassing. But like, here's how it happened. <laughs> here's how it happened. I had spotted the costume I wanted the weekend before, and I planned to go back and get that one thing, and my budget was set very specifically. And I don't know if y'all know about the way that I am built. <laughs> Let's just say my top deck is quite large. <laughs> and the costume I wanted did not fit my chest measurements. And very luckily for the very next booth down, they have a ton of stuff in my size that I bought from them before. So I went next door and immediately spent four times the allotted budget because I was like, I, I can't buy the fancy piece I want. I'm going to buy all of these pieces instead as a, re a rebellion against who, you guys? A rebellion against who? Against what? I love my body. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know if you all have seen pictures of me at the Ren Fair. I love all the pieces I bought, though. I put a queen outfit together from them, and it looks so good. And I got stopped by so many people for pictures. And there's this one group with, like, serious cameras. Like, they were there at the fair for fancy pictures. And they actually paparazzied me for about an hour. Uh, and then... One of them came up to me and asked if I could take post pictures for them. And then they asked me to twirl for them. And so I just had a group of like four or five really serious photographers taking pictures of me twirling. It was great. What? Okay. Is the guy's name Eternal Fire? What's his name? Oh, an ethereal fire. Ethereal fire. You should go and have him take photos of you in that outfit. You know, um, the dress that I wore for my last shoot with him mm -hmm. is from that same place. Okay. It's called, if any of you are at the SoCal Run Fair, it's called A Heart's Delight, I believe, is the name of their booth. My favorite story is when you were getting out of the car and those little kids were very impressed with your... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was coming home at the end of the day and my friend Heidi, because, you know, she'd been there that day with me and got the the steed bonnet jacket. Um, I step out of the car and there's kids playing at the soccer field near my house. And one of them yells, she's getting married. <laughs> and one of the other kids goes, no, she's an Easter egg. Look at the colors. <laughs> because it was it was Easter Sunday. That's so cute. That's so cute. Kids are adorable. Really anyway, are. back to the grown up kids of Captain Steed. Uh, Papa Bonnet has taken them on their first raid, and they are stopping a fishing fishing boat with two so, passengers. Yeah, some visual visual magic. Emily, are you looking at the image of the two passengers? Yes. So their dinghy is real, and the the boat, the Revenge, the larger boat, is real probably up until the uh, just under the yellow stripes. Okay. But the water is CG, mm -hmm. and the underside of the keel is CG. Okay. And also, uh, anytime the chandeliers in Steed's cabin are lit, those candles are also computer generated. And I think this show does a really good job of deciding where to use their special effects budget. Mm -hmm. He's adorable. He goes down. I got the feeling like to keep Sarita, the crew safe. Do you have <laughs> And he raids their boat, and the only thing worth taking is this little plant. This little dried up dead plant. <laughs> that he takes, and yes. it's so cute. And these pirates are so unimpressed. 
so unimpressed. Just like, are you Black kidding Kitty me? Is disgusted. <laughs> is- and then we haven't even talked about Lucius, who is his recorder. Oh, I love him. His journalist. Yeah, who doesn't like him either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this ladder is so good. Okay, so Reese, um, the actor for Steed Bonnet, is a longtime comedic actor in New Zealand. So, like, do you remember Flight of the Concords? Yes. That's He's one of the members of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Do I know you know you the other member. There's another Flight of the Concords who is an actor and he's in Lord of the Rings and Austin Figwit. Land. Yes. 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 <laughs> Couldn't get a job in The Hobbit. <laughs> but he also is in, have you seen the movie of What We Do in the Shadows? Yes. You and I watched it together when we went to see, okay. what was it, The Adventure Zone in Washington. Oh, yeah. He plays the leader of the werewolves. What are we? Werewolves, not, not swearwolves. <laughs> so there you go. Um, hello, my name is Steed. I'll be your robber here today. He's just so, I can't even think of the right word. It's really bugging me, but he's just so earnest. Eager. Earnest. That is the perfect word. And like usually when you watch a show or read a book, the, the creators want you to love the characters off the bat. And sometimes they really have to jump through hoops to make that happen. But from like the get go, I love him. <laughs> Megan, if anything I've only bad had happens Steve to him, for 30 minutes, will, but if anything, I, goes, <laughs> I will come to your house and I will knock the door down and I will be very angry at you. I was going to do the Rosa Diaz meme that this, I've only had Steed for half an hour, but if anything <laughs> happens to him, I'll kill everyone. <laughs> I'm, uh, I am so afraid. I have a fear now. One fear that they're going to do stuff to break my heart. And I don't know if my heart's going to make it through it in one piece. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to quote you a bit from WandaVision. Okay. Which All I've right? seen. Yes, you have. It's funny because of the grievous injury the man has suffered. Oh, no. He's not hurt. How can you be sure? It's not that kind of show. Is it that kind of show? A bit. And I want to <laughs> and I want to talk I want to talk about it. No, when we get to the when we get to the the dude getting stabbed through the eye because someone <laughs> just take a sword right through the head. Um there's an element of a fairy tale mm-hmm. to this story. And, and we've seen some allusions to that already with him, like, reading fairy tales to the crew. And um, we'll get to it more, like, especially when the ROM part of the calm gets into play. Do you know what? We'll get to, we'll get to it in later episodes. I'd, I'd like to put a pin in this conversation and come back to it. Perfect. But, yeah. So, next up in the episode is... Oh, wait. Of course, um, <laughs> the fishermen, as they're leaving, are like, take care of the plot. And he's like... <laughs> Good luck with your fishing. He, the next chunk, now that we've had kind of our, our opening salvo, is we get to learn more about him uh, as he's narrating to Lucius, mm-hmm. uh, who, I will be honest, the first time I watched this, I thought Lucius was evil <laughs> because I misunderstood a meme that I saw about something that happens in episode seven. <laughs> and I thought Lucius was the villain of the story. And I'm delighted to say that it's not the case. <laughs> this was but a real... Evelyn. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, I was actually just going to say, tell me about Captain Steed's boat. I was going to say, this is a wonderful scene. Again, I'm going to try not to keep saying this, but I didn't go to art school. But watching this with a an eye of, you know, this is an, this is an introduction because the ship is its own character. He walks around so that the audience can see the whole mm-hmm. room because they're in his captain's whatever. So, like, he's pulling curtains yeah. back and sitting down standing up walking around moving explaining what the boat is going to you know what he's done what kind of captain he wants to be and he goes mm-hmm. through all of the improvements he's made to the ship which i think is a really great way yeah. to just off the bat get your audience on the same page rather than oh in episode three oh this is the badminton court you didn't know we had one yes we do and so you get to see yeah. one what kind of captain he is two what the boat looks like three what Every... we're in for i just thought it was <laughs> so clever i am so glad you're loving the pilot so much i listen i enjoy the pilot deeply i've set a couple other sets of friends onto this show mm-hmm. and three separate groups of friends have been like I don't know. The first couple episodes, nothing's really happening. And I'm like, it's about the vibes. <laughs> it's about the mood. The vibe I want to talk a little bit about the, because I did go to art school, the design <laughs> of the boat itself. Nothing on this boat is straight. Wink. Um, <laughs> but even the even the rooms that are like very crisply built, if that makes sense. So like the, the captain's quarters, mm-hmm. they're being shot with wide angle lenses and with the camera dropped slightly below the horizon line in order to push the perspective of everything so right now i'm looking at a shot with lucia sitting on a couch Mm -hmm. and he's sitting in a basically a doorway that should be perfectly straight up and down Mm -hmm. but because of where the camera is set and because of the type of lens that's on it you get a slight warp so that the edges of the doorway are like leaning in Mm -hmm. um And then because the captain's quarters are at the aft of the ship, um, aft hole, uh, his windows, his windows are all at a slant. Mm -hmm. His windows are all built sideways. And it adds to the, the quirky, again, like the fantasy, the fairy tale feel Mm -hmm. of this boat that it's got such like personality and charm. I love this boat. It's called the Revenge. And... I'm interested to see why he called it the revenge because the way that his life has been portrayed thus far, like, yeah, he's had some rough times, but he doesn't seem like he's out for revenge on anyone. Yes. What? Mm-hmm. Is that a pin? I should I want to talk about, yeah, I got a pin portrayal of his life so far. We see two flashbacks to his family. Mm-hmm. When we get to those, I want to talk about personal perspective. Perfect. But anyway, yeah, we got uh black pete hates the rec room as well black pete is just straight up not having a good time (laughs) i was gonna say the interior of the ship matches the colors of the exterior of the ship which i think is adorable Mm -hmm. but um if you haven't seen the the show just know that everything is in mahogany and polished wood and fancy lacy wallpaper with like filigree frames and little knickknacks and doodads like it's a very wealthy and what's it's a plenty yes very very wealthy and so you do get the idea that he doesn't know what he's doing he's just bought the best that there is yes and yes and can you be a real 
okay, this isn't really a question, but can you be a real pirate if you, mm, what am I trying to say? Buy your way in. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That, that Is a pi- being a pirate a state of mind? <laughs> yeah, well, well, like, he didn't start from a deckhand and work his way up to a captain. Right. He bought himself a ship. He hired himself a crew. He doesn't know what he's doing. In Steed's own words, I'm not a pirate. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and speaking of idiocy, he brought a library. Yes, that's one of the things he's most excited about. But he's also confused because no one but Lucius has come in to get a book. And Lucius is like, well, well I'm the only one who can read. No, is that, is that true? So I'm envisioning a school for pirates. A pirate school. Mm-hmm. I will point out, Steed has a small drawing of his two children on the mantelpiece oh, in the library. Oh, it's that. a small oval frame, just a pencil sketch of his two kids. And ooh, we saw in the flashbacks, he has a daughter and a son. Uh, I love Lucius's facial expressions. Nathan, I think Fode is his last name, F-O-A-D. Uh, Nathan, I'm very sorry uh, if that is mispronounced, but his facial expressions are the best and hardest to see delightfulest moment in the pilot is when they're in the jam room mm-hmm. and all the pirates are playing music lucius is writing in his notebook and he's like still bobbing his head around like to the music <laughs> fantastic and i just love his jaunty little necktie <laughs> like he looks like he could be fancy given the right mm-hmm. circumstances yep so captain lines up all of the pirates to congratulate them on the first raid Mm-hmm. And I will say, I have been on creative teams at work with with management who was like, I'll make work fun. And I was at a point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult trying to do a job. I don't want to play card games with my coworkers. Please stop making us play getting to know you games. We've been a crew for a year. <laughs> and so I, I feel very much for this crew who is like, definitely doesn't have the same level of excitement as, as Steed. But uh, we, we mentioned this scene earlier where uh, we John is complaining about how disgraceful. Like, that this this whole thing was and and you mentioned this is one of the scenes that really cemented how much you loved steed because i could see on a different show that this scene could have been like secondhand embarrassment yeah which i that cannot handle i i just don't do secondhand embarrassment like yeah like i'm sure there's 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 some multiverse world somewhere where Steed's feelings hurt and he starts crying in front of the crew and that's supposed to be the joke of the moment. Mm-hmm. Or in like a, a grimmer story, he has Wee John thrown over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you, can, you can see when he says, you know, who said that? Lucius stiffens up next to him and the other pirates like, are like, okay, now what? Now what? And... Lucius is, like, terrified this is going to turn to bloodshed. You can just see all the nervous energy. But instead, like you pointed out, he says, oh, well, let's frame it as a suggestion. 
And I feel our mom was like this growing up. She was very much, what is it called? She was, our mom was very good at redirecting mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, that, oh, could you have said, and, and I've noticed our, one of our sisters who, who has kids, the, sorry, the only one of our sisters <laughs> who has kids. There we go. There's the specificity I was looking for. Uh, I've noticed that she's very good with her kids, like, when they're crying or they're frustrated that she takes the patience and the time to be like, okay, can you say it in a kinder way? Or can you, you know, frame it as a question? And do you know what? Good job, my mom. Good job, our sister. Good parenting jobs. Proud of you. Uh, but he asks, he, uh, Steed asks Wee John, what's one thing we could improve on? Wee John says, we need a flag. And then Steed's like, okay, done. Like, I can I can give you a flag. And then it's time for arts and crafts. <laughs> and I love, because he does another reframing moment where one of the pirates is like, absolutely not. This is women's work. I will not sew. And and uh, the captain just says, who, who sews? And one guy's like, I sewed my arm Roach. back together. And he's like, see, look. That's that's pretty tough. Like you can do this. I just I, I love it. So yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, hello everyone. Welcome to my sister made me view it, where we give thoughtful commentary three times the length of the actual episode. <laughs> We're so glad you're here with us. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, but also David Jenkins, who wrote this episode, thank you. I love it so much. But he didn't straight up say, oh, Black Pete, you're wrong. Don't say things like that. You know, that's sexist. That's blah, blah, blah. All this sort of stuff. Instead, he goes, oh, well, does anyone else hear so? And like you said, it was like a redirection of the moment. He says, it seems to me like sewing is pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> tough. I like that. And I, I, I love that the way that the flags are presented at a later time uh-huh. I just found it fascinating because, and I don't want to jump back and forth too much, but we kind of get like what people are trying to do in this scene and later we'll mm-hmm. talk about it, but the presentation, the way that some people view it versus the way the pirates feel about it, I just thought was a great, a great scene. Um, And I, listen, I don't know this for sure. I feel like some of the conversations around the craft table were improv instead of from the script. Yeah. Mostly just because, listen, they're all outstanding actors, but there's just something so fun and so, like, natural about the back and forth of this moment. I would, David Jenkins, would you listen to our podcast? <laughs> um, that's that's a question for you, David, in particular. Or Taika, who was on set directing this episode. So the captain thinks things are going well because he's giving his crew purpose, they're hopefully fulfilled they're all getting paid whether or not they loot anything but there's some bad news there's a mutiny coming yeah real fast before we get to the mutiny Uh um is roach tries to take swede's fabric and they almost try to kill each other and then there's there's this moment where it's like what could you have done with your large bit of fabric and the swede goes talk about it <laughs> it's like no no that was for the other thing yeah. i love the sweet um great. but yes there's there's mutiny or brewing black pete is like great when are we gonna kill him and so the captain is warned by buttons mr buttons who i 
I'm so sorry I don't know the actor's name, but he's in Wonder Woman. Great. Um, Are you going to tell me I have the IMDb pulled up. Give me just a second. The actor's name is Ewan Bremner. Awesome. B-R-E-M-N-E-R. Nice. Ewan Bremner. And he's there um, to warn the captain about it. And I found this interesting that, is it Lucius? Is that the, the... Yes. He's supposed to record everything that happens on the ship. And he's recording what Mr. Buttons is saying is that there's going to be a mutiny. And the captain's like, don't write that. Don't write that down. And he rips it out of the... He rips it out of the, the journal. And so I'm intrigued to see... Because he doesn't seem to be the sort of guy to sugarcoat stuff. Uh-huh. I'm just I'm just interested in that reaction. Mm-hmm. That uh, if it's not perfect, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. Yep. Yep. Wow. Who who could sympathize? Who could feel that way? Possibly. Feelings. I have no idea. Which I wonder if that's why he got such a good boat, because it is the perfect boat. So mm-hmm. anyways, I was I was intrigued about that. Uh, so Black Peter is trying to rouse the crew to mutiny, but they are all very intent on their flag sale, particularly Frenchie. Once again, we're bringing back his great comment about cats because they're witches and they got <laughs> knives in their feet. And one of the only reasons they they decide not to go ahead with the mutiny at this point is because no one else can read them stories at night. So Buttons told Steed about the mutiny and Lucius immediately tattles on Buttons to the rest of the crew, which is so funny. Uh, Buttons told him. I'm still in, by the way. Uh, Do the wooden boy voice. Do the wooden boy voice. I'm a little wooden boy and me legs are sticks. (laughs) So... I mean, mutiny is obviously something the captain wants to avoid, and so he asks for a recommendation from Mr. Buttons, and, and he's kind of gets the idea of, like, the, the pirates aren't happy with how things are going. Art. You know, they want to be more helpful or whatever, and so they decide to go after a bigger ship, and they find one, and it's wow. giant. It's huge. Ten times as many men. <laughs> Ten times as many guns. <laughs> so it's an English warship that is sailing the seas looking for pirate ships to decimate. Uh, mm-hmm. But it just so happens that the captain, the English captain, recognizes and knows Steed Bonnet. Hmm. Baby Bonnet. more. <laughs> <laughs> We do get a, a couple flashbacks to Bonnet's childhood, one with his father and then one with these boys who were chasing him. And his dad was not great. No. Oh, his dad made me so angry. And again, I don't want to like go off on all these tangents, but his dad's basically telling him, you're going to inherit all of this stuff, not because you're good enough, not because you have the skill, not because of all of this, just because you lucked into it and you're a stupid little rich boy. And I'm going... This kid's seven. You are the one who brought him into this world. He had no control over it. And you're berating him for stuff he has no control over. And that started pushing some of my buttons. And I'm like, it's just a TV show. It's just a TV show. It's just a TV show. Yeah. And it's, it's, I would say this qualifies as a PTSD flashback. Mm -hmm. Because 
it's he sees Roach and Wee John smashing the watermelon mm-hmm. and it literally throws him into a flashback about this moment with his dad and the blood from the goose, mm-hmm. which he gets again later in the episode. So something that's a specific marker of post-traumatic stress disorder is your brain hasn't fully processed what's happened to you. So when you undergo an experience that triggers your PTSD, your brain feels like you're literally back in the moment when the trauma was happening. Like, it's not just, to quote a joke they make about it in a Star Kids show, it's not just, I remember bad things vividly. It's all of the physical reactions from your heart rate and your blood pressure and your adrenaline. Uh, Your body thinks you're still there and you're still experiencing the bad thing. And I like this. I like how it's portrayed in the show. And I like this extra layer to Steed that he puts on this perfect exterior. And he wants people to think of him as a good captain. And he wants to be seen as the perfect pirate captain who doesn't make any mistakes. You can check the journal. (laughs) There's nothing in there that would suggest otherwise. And I think he has a really hard time admitting or dealing with like shame yeah and like really taking a look at himself and seeing himself clearly and not just the idealized image he he wishes he were yeah do you have a notebook write down idealization emily okay just write it in any notebook you have <laughs> but he he he's talking with jim and olu and uh which is short for oluwande but This, I think, is a smaller mistake that we don't really get picked up on because he had his big talk earlier about how we talk it through as a crew. And as Olu is just about to actually open up to him, it's clear that Steed's not listening and he's just focused on his own issue instead. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Olu mentioned something about that he and Jim are pirates because they have no other choice Mm -hmm. because as fairy tale and idealized as a world that this is Mm -hmm. racism is still an issue in this world like the slave trade is mentioned and talked about the english that we run into are derogatory about the members of steed's crew that aren't white the the show like doesn't ignore these parts of history i mean the real life steed bonnet was a slave owner This version of him is not, Mm -hmm. although there's literally no other way he could have gotten so rich. But that's that's just, like, not what we talk about. And they're like, do you know what? That part's just not in our story. Mm -hmm. And, again, like, touching back on the aura of almost, like, the fairy tale around Steed's ship is that's not an issue on our ship Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And it's only when – and, like, as soon as one of the English – Burks brings it up (laughs) they instantly get stabbed through the hand by Jim which I think is great (laughs) but yeah so sorry I tangented it a little further on in the episode than I was expecting but Steed wants to be this very progressive perfect captain who is so understanding and open to all of his crew and he makes a little mistake here by steamrolling over what Olu was trying to say about the per- the 
ideation and, and everything. We talk about the, the, on the English ship, the captain comes over to talk to, he calls him Baby Bonnet. This guy is a grade A jerk. Uh, <laughs> we're so good at an all ages <laughs> podcast language. Although we did get called out by our sister. <gasps> you guys, in a different podcast feed, we were talking about some care. Was it Roswell? I it might have been talking about. Okay, we were talking about the characters being stupid, and one of our nieces overheard because our sister was listening to it as she was working. Thank you, our sister Lauren, for supporting our podcast. <laughs> and our niece was like, "Why did Aunt Megan and Aunt Emily call that person stupid?" That's a bad word. Sorry. (laughs) And our sister was like, do you know what? They're talking about a character in a show. They would never say that about a real person. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh never. (laughs) Anyway, um, this guy, he's a great character. He's a great character to watch. Like, he's he's bringing up the times that he's like, oh, good times when we tied your hands to oars and made you row into the river and threw rocks at you. Like, wasn't that amazing? And, you know, of course you had a good time because we were all having a good time and, you know, all these things. And yeah. he, he's taken into the captain's quarters and he immediately mm-hmm. starts making fun of everything about how... Yeah. ridiculous everything is and you can tell that the captain's quarters is like steed's pride and joy almost where it's yeah. his library it's stuff that he loves this is something everything in here is is something that is important to him and all the captain does is say like well don't the books fall out when there's a storm and blah 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 <laughs> Great smash cut to Steed in a storm trying to hold the books in. <laughs> We've managed so far. And it just said to me a lot about this guy's character of how he was constantly belittling and how mm-hmm. that says a lot about a person. Yeah. I want to talk about the expectations and roles of society mm-hmm. that on Steed's ship, he gets to do whatever he wants and he gets to talk to his men however he wants. But when the English come on board, we're back to stuffy English rules. So, like, the way that they get the English on board is Steve dresses up. He dresses up the white members of his crew as gentry. And then Gives anyone, them a backstory. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's a person of color on the ship has to pretend to be a slave while the English are here. Yeah. English officers, one of whom is David Jenkins's cameo. He is the officer, not the one who gets the knife in his hand, but he's the officer who gets the pot of tea in his lap. So... <laughs> There you go. There's a moment where Nigel is talking about your ship so efficient and uh, tiny. I'd love to see the rest of it. They're doing one of those hoity-toity conversations where Steed is like, I really think you should go. And Nigel is like, we're going to stay. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I would love to see the rest of it. And like the laws of hospitality, Steed has to offer to show him the rest of it. Yeah. And it's the same reason, like, when the ship came over, it's like, oh, we'd love to come over and see your ship. And all the crew is like, no, don't, no, don't. And Steed has to give the proper British reply. Yeah, yeah. But we're, we're getting some of this camera work that I really love that originally we have, uh, like, wide angles that take in 
a lot of the table at once. And then once Nigel starts talking about what they did to him as a kid, the camera is set dead in front of someone to the point where at first the actors are giving, like clearly they're doing screen sides where uh, Nigel's looking to the left and Steed is looking to the right. And then as the camera gets right in front of them, the actors are still looking slightly to the side of the camera, like they're looking over the camera's shoulder to the person they're talking to. And then eventually the camera is close on either one, on both of their faces and they're looking dead into the lens. And it builds this tension to the scene, especially as we're brought back to the memory, which at first Steed's like, okay, I have a question for you, Emily. Do you think Steed really didn't remember? Was it a traumatic memory he had buried? Or was he trying just to be like, oh, I don't remember that as a way to be like, let's redirect. Let's not talk about it. I think it. it's the latter. Um, if something mm -hmm. like that happens to you, I'm not saying that people can't repress stuff, but something like that happens to you. Like he knew exactly who the guy was when the ship pulled up and when he heard the name. Like he knew exactly. He knew. Yeah. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. And the all of the officers are making like rude remarks at the expense of the crew that's serving them and they're, and they're making just... fun of the flags because the people are trying to play flags. it off like oh we captured these flags they're not ours but clearly they're very proud of the work that they've put into them and really did their best you know like really tried to stick to the letter and the spirit of the assignment i guess and mm -hmm. everyone just thinks it's the the funniest thing they've ever seen. These are very stupid, stupid flags and are just continually mm -hmm. making fun. And that's, I'm going to try not to wax on, but like if you have something Do that it. you love and you come across someone who very clearly has no respect or love for it, it's very difficult to say, well, I like it unless you're very like, you know, firm and who you are mm -hmm. or whatever. And, it's just hard sometimes to have stuff that you love be made fun of. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's that's the thing that kicks off the, the actual fighting is Frenchie actually breaks in to defend his cat flag. One of the British officers is just a racist jerk. And then revenge for the meek, revenge <laughs> for your bloodline, God's divine revenge comes in the form of Jim throwing a knife directly through the dude's hand and then uh the fighting starts i love how slow the like the acknowledgement of what is happening goes on like something happens the cup breaks first the guy's got his cup up right. the cup breaks and you're like oh someone threw something at the cup and then you kind of realize that there's a knife sticking through the dude's hand and no one says anything for a second. Like, it just takes this realization a minute to, like, warm its way up. And, mm -hmm. yeah. Except for you, who screamed. <laughs> well, because all of a sudden it went from, like, kind of this lighthearted thing to, like, bodily mm -hmm. injury. Which I think is a great dynamic in a show to kind of keep yeah. you on your, on your toes. And, and I would say between the the knife through the hand and then and the sword through the eye <laughs> that's kind of the level of gore that we'll get in this show mm -hmm. there's there's blood but uh there's no like intestines <laughs> <laughs> that's where i draw the line <laughs> um but anyway, just, just before the fighting starts, Nigel is saying, you know, there's the most ridiculous rumor about you. <laughs> rumor is. 
Uh, you left your wife and children. And then we have like, a, I like to say a crisp cut. But what I mean is like, there's no fade back. There's no music to it. We get crisp cutbacks to Steed's life. Like the painting he's having with his You're kids. And then perspective. Yes. I want you to tell me your impression of the scene at the dinner table with his wife and his kids. Well, he's clear on one end of the table all by himself and his wife's on the other side with the kids right next to her and they are having their own conversation and Steed breaks in with like thoughts and opinions about what they're talking about and she just looks at him. She doesn't say anything, but the air of the situation is that's nice why are you speaking to us sort of a thing and then mm -hmm. she just doesn't even respond to what he said just launches into the next question with her kids oh and that's that's not great hey emily the camera work in that moment is that exact camera is seated on the table directly in the face of the actor that we had in the awkward moment between himself and nigel interesting it is an, uh, it's a cinematic paradise. <laughs> However, near the very end of this episode, he flashes back to the dinner scene again. Yeah. And it's different. What happens the second time? Is he's sitting next to his family. Like he's, he's, we don't see him stand up and go and sit with him. It's just that he's a part of that group. He's, he's part of that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it a click just because that's yeah. kind of what it feels like. Which of those flashbacks if either are true i would think the first one would be true because i feel like if you feel loved and accepted you're not gonna run away and leave people mm -hmm. behind then what was that second flashback about i think that's how he wished it could be because mm -hmm. the first one wasn't perfect that's not how a family behaves and the second one is how a family should behave and I feel like it's the journal thing all over again. Yeah. And I and I also want to add on to it that that's after, listen, he accidentally, you guys, he accidentally kills Nigel. <laughs> what a shame. Let's take a minute to feel sad. And it really shakes him. Mm -hmm. And I think the way he ran away from home to be at the sea, where he could be free, where he could be anything he wanted, now... The sea is what's bad. <laughs> he has to kill people at sea. And he's longing to go back home because he has a perfect idealized version of, do you know what? It wasn't that bad. It was actually quite nice at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So please, please keep an eye out for idealization. I will. Uh -huh. And so the way that they decide to handle this is he's like, ah, it was an accident. It's an accident. And a couple members of his crew say no this was not an accident you need to tell people you did this on purpose you need to i mean you've got to say this to raise you know their your estimation in their eyes mm -hmm. and so he tells them oh yes i killed this man and later you hear the crew go that's really hard to like shove a sword through a, a skull like we've underestimated this guy and so he's building a mm -hmm. reputation moment of note is olu grabs him by the lapels and says do you want to live and he says i think so probably it's like 
Steed, it's not that deep. <laughs> Do you want to live? I think so. Probably. Flag that. No particular reason. Okay. In fact, don't even... Do you know what? Forget, Forget it happened. I said. No, just kidding. Yeah. But I love that the, there's a, the full row happening in the dining hall, and he just, like, pokes his head out from the quarters, and he's like, um, guys, I need help in my room. But I actually think the stabbing through the eye is part of the fairy tale aesthetic. Okay. Because it's so improbable. Mm-hmm. It's so impossible, but, like, that's the sort of, like, if you think of it as a line from a book, and it's like, and then he took the sword and ran the giant's eye through. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel the perfect stabbing through the eye is part of the fairy tale feel of the boat. Listeners. Tweet us. What do you think? <laughs> this may Except don't tweet us spoilers. Yeah, don't don't yeah. send us spoilers. Send Megan. Send Third Child Art spoilers. Oh, yeah. Send me spoilers at Third Child Art. But uh, we get a little bit of tasty revenge. Okay, so the, the crew starts to slightly respect him. We get to keep some hostages. And <laughs> you were like, oh, do we get to keep them and make them part of the crew? And I was like, we keep them. <laughs> And then, while the the needle drop of the episode uh, starts playing, high on a mountain, da 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 da, Edelweiss. Didn't check the name of the song before I started singing. I probably should have done that. <laughs> there are some members of the crew that are just comedy gold, and then there are some members of the crew that feel a little bit more fleshed out, like real people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, they're they're all real people. They're all real characters. What I should say, there are some characters that are purely comedic, and then there are some characters that are a little more serious and realistic. Mm-hmm. And the the serious and the realistic ones are like, "Hey, we're getting a salary. We don't have to work that hard. Maybe we shouldn't kill him." <laughs> and Steed is up near the prow of the boat, traumatized again. Whoops! But not talking it out. But not talking it out. He's returned from the raid mentally devastated, but he's not talking it through with his crew because he likes to imagine he's already perfect and he doesn't need to work on himself anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's a tough place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like at the end, he's reading them Pinocchio and doing the voice. <laughs> I just can't get over it. Like, I... Listen... Protect this man at all costs. I'm behind that 100%. Mm-hmm. Anybody tries to hurt him, I'm going to be real upset, Megan. Stupid little puppet pulled it off. <laughs> oh. Hey, guess what? Yeah? Steed wants to be a real boy. I know. He wants to be a real pirate. Mm-hmm. And he just... Okay. You don't see this a lot... In other TV shows and stuff, he has so much love. You usually see someone mm-hmm. who's a... You usually see dudes are protectors. They're the tough people. They're the spies. They're the mm-hmm. whatever. And we don't get this side of a male character very often of, I'm here to take care of you. Because that's normally seen as a very feminine thing. Not that it... You may cut. You may want to cut that part out, but... I just really appreciated that he is who he is unapologetically. 
And I think you can I think you can keep the feminine thing in because that is a stereotype that we generally like like uh generally on a Disney princess movie uh and again I'm going to say generally cuz don't come at me with exceptions. <laughs> the heroine is good and sweet and kind and nice and it's the people around her who have to change. Mm-hmm. Like a, a prime example of this is uh Ariel's father in The Little Mermaid or it's the beast in Beauty and the Beast that like really has to change or it's Cinderella's stepsisters are the problem and then when you have a dude character they are usually the one who gets to be selfish who gets to be Cusco or Lightning McQueen or you know kind of the problem child with Jim Hawkins in Treasure Planet Mm -hmm. and it's because we're sort of just we're given these strict roles of sugar and spice and everything nice. That's what little girls are made of. S- you know, snakes, snails, puppy dogs, tails. That's what little boys are. Blah, 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 blah. Forget it. Gender roles banished. <laughs> They're not in this show. That Steed can be soft and it's not a feminine quality. Because what's interesting is he's he's soft and proper so like he's literally being a proper englishman in the way he dresses that's the male fashion of the Mm -hmm. time in his softer manner of speech that's like his station and his class that's what's proper and you know nowadays you know i'm going i'm going on a tangent i love it keep going yeah nowadays we think of wigs high heels tights strictly feminine things and steed's wearing them because they're the height of fashion for male fashion at the time And so he's an interesting character because he's not your typical male protagonist, even though he is a exaggerated version of a perfect English gentleman. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see what will his role be in this world of pirates where the expectations and the idealizations, like we've had, we've started to have some whispers of Blackbeard, who is the ideal pirate. Yeah. Um, we've, we've heard from Black Pete, like, this is what Blackbeard's crew does. This is how they act. This is who they are. And wow, Emily, I wonder if Blackbeard will be a significant character in the show. And did I not say Blackbeard? Did you? I don't remember. I did. Don't remember. That's the only pirate name Um, I know besides Hook. And I don't think he's going (laughs) to show up. (laughs) You never know. You never know. That's right. But, uh. I, I think that that wraps us a bit for our first episode of Our Flag Means Death. Uh, Emily, thank you so much for letting me make you watch this. You're welcome. <gasps> Wait, I forgot the most important part. What? Which which flag did they choose as their ship's they flag? They chose all of them because they're all wonderful and they're flying all the flags together. Ugh. <laughs> to quote my friend Heidi... Dad put everyone's drawings on the fridge. Ah, I love it. So you like the show? I yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's so good. So I'm good. so glad. We have nine more episodes. Yes. As of, it's uh, April. It's the nighttime, deep in the night of April 19th. <laughs> HBO Max hasn't announced that they've renewed a season two, but since this is the highest streamed new show 
which it's beaten out Moon Knight three weeks in a row. Wow. Even though uh, the finale aired two weeks ago. Wow. So, did they release it one episode at a time or all together? They did. And which one? Both of them. What? Moon Knight is one episode at a time. Our flag means death is also one episode oh. at a time. Oh, okay. Um, listen, if it slash when it gets a season two, I cannot do it week to week to week. I'm gonna have to wait till they're all out so I can watch them all at once. Well, we're gonna podcast it. Yeah, you're gonna have to at least wait like a day. But yeah, okay. You and I, I will watch it week to week so I can prepare and do research and bring notes and trivia and all this sort of stuff, and then we won't podcast it until. Uh, you can watch them whenever the schedule allows. And I won't make you wait week to week to week. You are wonderful. I appreciate you. You are wonderful. I appreciate you. Thank you for being my sister. I did my best on that. <laughs> didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited for the next episode. Thank you, Megan. All right. Uh, thank you, listeners. And we need a pirate sign-off. Trivia moment. Uh, David Jenkins banned the phrases yo-ho-ho, R, and matey (laughs) from the show. And made one exception for an eye patch. Um, So we can't go yar mateys as that's not in the... Okay, I know what we'll do. So when we watch the next episode, what will we do? We'll talk it through as a crew. (laughs) That's all from us, everyone. Good night. Good night. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning into our premiere episode covering Our Flag Means Death. And a very special thanks to Michael B. and Cardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, as our intro and outro music. This Thursday, June the 9th, we'll be doing an interlude episode on our Stormlight Archive feed. Emily and I have just finished the first book, The Way of Kings, so we're doing a bit of a wrap-up to that one, and then doing some previews and predictions for the next book, Words of Radiance. We will be back next Tuesday, June 14th, for the second episode of Our Flag Means Death. And the following Thursday, you can catch us on our Roswell feed, and we've just started season two. This is literally the perfect time to get into our podcast, because we've just finished the first season of Roswell and the first book in the Stormlight Archive. And now, we're just starting Our Flag Means Death! You can find all of our episodes at our website, sismademeviewit.com, and you can find Emily and I on Twitter and Instagram at sismademeviewit. Ah, we were so young two months ago in April when we started recording. Ah, those sweet, innocent girlies. No idea that we'd already been renewed for a second season. Yes! Thanks for spending your Tuesday tuning in with us, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Goodbye.